0: Today's episode of the Essential Tennis Podcast is brought to you by TennisTours.com, where you guys can use the promotional code ESSENTIAL to receive a $25 discount off your next purchase of professional tennis event tickets and travel packages. Before we get to today's topics, I'm going to be answering a couple of listener questions on today's show. Before then, I just wanted to simply thank all of you who have been regular listeners of the podcast I really appreciate all of you very, very much. Without all of you, the show would not be possible. I want to thank you guys for downloading the show, especially those of you who download it on a regular basis and and listen to, to the show weekly. Those of you who have rated the show and commented on iTunes, thank you guys very much. And I want to especially thank those of you who have sent in questions for me to answer. That's really kind of what really makes this show tick, and 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 really makes it unique, I think. And that's what makes the the internet and and podcasting in general so much fun, I think, is the communication back and forth between a, a host or, or producer and his or her listeners. So thank you all very much. I, I appreciate it, and I hope to continue making the show even better for all of you listening. Now let's go ahead and get started with today's questions. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, let's get started with our first question, and it comes to us from Sandro in Italy. Pretty sure it's uh, the first podcast question coming to us from Italy, so Sandro, thank you very much for Your question, I appreciate it, and I'm sure that you've been enjoying watching the the recent ATP events there in Italy. The Rome tournament, a clay court tournament just wrapped up yesterday. Good match between Rafael Nadal and Ferrer. Anyway, let's go ahead and get to his question, which is, I have been playing tennis for four years at a local club. I've also played some tournaments. When I play, I have a lot of problems looking at the ball. My eyes go to where I want to send the ball, and of course, I lose it and hit a poor shot. I can keep concentration on the ball for 4 or 5 minutes, but after that, my eyes go to the point where I want to put the shot. As you can understand, I've lost many matches against players a lot lower than my level because of this. I hit a lot of unforced errors, giving away the match. Do you have some tips or exercises to keep my eyes on the ball and not where I want to put the ball? Thank you, Sandro. Well, Sandro, that's a really good question, and I'm going to be spending some time on this today. I'm really going to be going into some detail because I think this is a, a topic that is misunderstood very often, Well, I I think it falls into two categories. First of all, I I think it's misunderstood. That's number one. There's people who know that it's important but have misunderstandings about how exactly it works. And there's another group of people, I think, who just don't even feel like it's a very important or, or worthwhile thing to focus on. And I disagree with that. I'm, I'm going to be talking to you guys why. And uh, just to give you guys a heads up, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably really going to be going into detail on this today. It's a, it's a topic that I, I really feel strongly about. And I, I think that it's something that is the difference between levels of play in other words it's something that higher level tennis players just do automatically it's not something they have to think about whereas more beginners or intermediate level recreational players are not even aware of it very often and it could be a real difference maker so i i'm going to spend a lot of time on it today because i feel it's very important so let's begin first with why is it important well in my experience as as a teacher, and I've spent a lot of time on the court as a teacher teaching recreational players and average-level club players, and those are the people who make up by far the the biggest chunk of my audience here on the essential tennis podcast so i'm I'm speaking to you guys the the weekend warriors uh or or just the recreational players who go out there uh, on a regular basis several times a week and are between a three oh and four oh level player now if you're a four or five level player, this can definitely pertain to you as well, but probably not quite not quite as much anyway, in my experience watching recreational players there are errors due to making poor contact with the ball way more times than they think there are. Most recreational players, in my experience, are just not aware of how often the ball does not hit the middle of the racket. And when I say poor contact, I'm talking about the ball hitting somewhere on the racket other than where it's supposed to. Now, of course, we have some margin for error. The The ball doesn't have to hit a... Uh, an area on the strings the size of a tennis ball in order to be a good shot. There's probably one, two, maybe three inches of margin for error all around the actual center or or sweet spot of the racket. But once the ball starts making contact with the racket uh, out towards the edge, even if it doesn't physically touch the frame of your racket, it really detracts from the quality of your shot a great deal and more than people think. And the reason why it's so important for us to focus on watching the ball closely is because most players just aren't very aware of when this happens and how often it happens. When I'm watching players play, I very often watch and and, and see in front of me a, a player mishit a shot badly. And uh, an example of this might be, let's say in a doubles point, somebody I'm watching on an in, in instructional court uh, that, that I'm I'm teaching during, a lot of times I'll, I'll watch a player miss hit a volley, let's say a low volley, a shot that they're trying to play with a little more touch and finesse. They, they can't really attack on it, and the ball will just purely just hit off their frame. I mean, it's, I'm not even talking about a shot that's a little bit off-center. It completely hits off their frame and hits the bottom of the net, just doesn't even get close to making it over. I'll very often ask the people on my court when I'm teaching All right, everybody stop, hang on a second, I need to talk to the person who just missed that shot, and I'll look them in the eyes and say, why did you miss that shot? And I am absolutely shocked by the wide range of answers that I get back to that question. Time after time when I ask that question, people give me answers other than the ball hit my frame. They'll say something like, oh, I, I hit it too softly. I, I was trying to go for a touch shot, and it was too soft. Or maybe they'll say, oh, I didn't get down low enough with my knees. You know, low volley, I, I kind of stayed too upright. Or they'll say, oh, I I didn't open up my racket face enough. Uh, my technique was poor. Whatever. But they'll say something besides, the ball hit my frame. And then I'll I'll tell them, no, you're you're incorrect. Your technique, it it looked great. You were in the right spot. Um, Everything looked good except that the ball hit your frame. And then everybody kind of uh, laughs and says, oh, you know, well, obviously, yeah, it hit my frame. I I knew that. Well, think about it, guys. I I mean – What could possibly be more important than the ball hitting your strings? You go through all this time and effort of working on your technique and trying to make it better and better, and then the ball comes your way and doesn't hit your strings. How can you possibly even think about anything else besides, well, crap, the the ball did not hit the middle of my racket, so of course it wasn't a good shot. Um, Now, out of people who I haven't asked that question of before, Honestly I would say uh, 10 20% answer that question correctly now if uh, if I'm talking to a person who knows me well and has worked with me uh over you know several hours they probably know what I'm getting at and immediately know what I'm asking, and uh, they'll give me the, the correct answer. But out of people who uh, don't know you know how I teach and what I really emphasize on the court, which is mostly uh, basic things and, and big chunks of uh, important parts of tennis that, that need to be done well in order to improve your game, they very often miss this question, which is all, always baffling to me. So let's move on and talk about a debate that, many people on the internet have uh, when it comes to talking about actually watching the ball. And there, there's two main arguments that I see. I've seen a lot of discussions about the uh, merits or demerits of, of watching the ball. And, and there's two main detractions that I've definitely noticed the most. And the first one is uh, when somebody will say on a tennis message board or maybe on a blog post, hey, you guys really need to be watching the ball very often people will reply and say, well, you can't even see the ball hit your strings. So wh- why could it possibly be important to watch it closely? Uh, I I can't watch it because I can't actually see it. And so, you know, what's the point of that? It seems like this is a waste of time to try to watch the ball hit my racket or hit my strings because um, I'm not going to see the ball anyway. And that's true. Uh, that's important for you guys to understand. The The ball comes and leaves your racket much too quickly for you guys to actually literally see, meaning, you know, kind of have a snapshot in your head of the ball making contact with your racket. And so that is true. Um, but that's not the point. (laughs) When I ask people to watch the ball closely, I am not asking them because I want them to tell me what number is on the ball. Uh, or, or I want them to draw a picture for me of, of what it looked like because I know that they can't physically see the ball hit the strings. Uh, but that's not really the whole purpose of, of watching anyway. Um, now, in terms of the ball coming and leaving very quickly, I, just, just to give you guys some information here, I heard this uh, just recently in an instructional DVD that I watched. The amount of time that it takes for the ball to come and touch your strings and then leave the strings again is typically somewhere between 2 and 5 one-thousandths of a second. Think about that. So we're talking like three one-thousandths of a second is the amount of time that the ball actually stays on the strings of your racket. So yeah, obviously, if you think that you can see that occur, uh, you're, you're incorrect. It just happens much too quickly. But again, it's not the point to see it, to physically see it. The point of watching the ball is to focus on the most important part of the point and that is the ball. The whole purpose behind watching the ball closely is to ensure the best possible concentration on what's happening. The the most important point of time during a tennis rally back and forth is when the ball is hitting your strings. Um, Because if it doesn't hit your strings, it doesn't matter how good your technique is. If your technique is perfect, but the ball hits off your frame, the result will be a poor shot, and your good technique was wasted. So we need the best possible contact, and therefore we need the best possible concentration on the ball to make sure that happens. Otherwise, we're just really paying ourselves a disservice. Now, the second main argument that I see online when, when people kind of argue against watching the ball closely is they'll say, well, the, the pros don't always watch the ball. And then they'll uh, paste in a, a link to an image of some professional player making contact with the ball. It, it'll be a snapshot with the ball right on the strings, and their eyes are not looking at the point of contact. Their their eyes typically are just a little bit out in front of the racket. The ball is on their strains and their eyes are not looking at the strains. Well, it's also not the point of of my uh, talk here. It's not the point of watching the ball to actually have your eyes perfectly in the right place at perfectly the right time over and over again. Once again, it goes back to concentration and focus on what's important in general. It doesn't have to be perfect in order to benefit you guys. Your eyes don't have to literally be on the point of contact, when you make contact, you also don't literally need to watch the ball hit your strings. That's not the point. And uh, anybody who argues uh, either of those two uh, arguments is, is kind of missing the whole point of the exercise of focusing on the ball. Now, uh, my, my second comment on that is that the pros very rarely hit, uh, hit their frame. <laughs> you, you will see a pro shank a ball every now and then. But for the most part, they're making very clean contact. They're, they're amazing athletes. Um, most people don't understand how good athletes they're watching when they watch professional tennis. And to be perfectly honest, um, you know, they, they don't need to be perfect and, and have their eyes literally on the point of contact. That being said, some, some pros do most of the time. When you uh, look at photos of Roger Federer making contact with a shot, usually his eyes are right at contact. Other pros, their eyes are just a little bit off and not quite looking at the strains when they make contact, and that's fine. Uh, Bottom line here, guys, the point is to hit the strains as often as possible, period. So let's let's move on and talk about exactly how to do that. And I'm going to go through a pattern or a a sequence of events that you guys should be following in order to best focus on the ball and and give yourself the best concentration possible on what's important. This is something I'm... (laughs) This so something i 'm probably going to write in a whole ebook about in the future uh, and, and really lay it out uh, in great detail uh, you know i 'm getting into detail here today for sure, uh, but there 's a lot of points that I, I could make that i 'm not going to i 'm just going to lay out a, s- a simple sequence of events that you guys should be following when you 're in the in the middle of a rally or a point back and forth so this is the pattern you should follow first of all, once the ball comes off your opponent 's racket, you need to keep your focus on the ball all the way up until it gets to your racket and your focus can't can't waver during this this uh, period of time between uh, the the period of time that it takes for for the ball to leave your opponent's strains and get to your strains, your focus needs to be on the ball and nothing else and this is difficult and this is this is exactly what Sandro is talking about there's so many other things that could take your concentration You could be watching your opponent and and trying to figure out what they're doing on the other side of the court. As Sandro pointed out, you could be looking at your target and kind of anticipating where you want the ball to go. And maybe you have a a sharp uh, angle volley you're trying to hit, and it's a forehand volley, and so contact is happening on the right side of your body. Your target is way over on the other side of the court, on the left side of the court. It's very tempting to look away and want to check out your shot. Well, you know what? The ball is going to go where it's going to go regardless of if you watch or not. So whether or not you're looking at your target has nothing to do with if the ball goes there or not. However, you better believe that where the ball hits on your racket is going to make a big impact on where the ball goes. So you guys need to focus on the important part of what's happening here, and that is where the ball is hitting on your racket. That's where your focus should be. And it all starts with watching the ball come off your opponent's racket. From there, you should be following it all the way into your own racket. Um, an interesting piece of uh, trivia as far as um, how the human eyes work as humans, we have just about one hundred degree uh, i'm sorry one hundred eighty degrees of total field of vision, and it's basically split up into two parts: you have your peripheral vision, which is you know uh, the vision that's out to the side of your eyes, and this vision is blurry. Uh, we can see objects in our peripheral vision, but you can't focus on them, meaning uh, fine focused vision. In other words, when uh, when you have some text or uh, an image off to your right or to your left, you can't actually read that text or focus clearly on that image unless you move your eyes and and put the focused part of your vision on whatever you're trying to focus on. And that part of your vision... The part that's actually sharply focused is only 3 to 5 degrees out of the 180 degrees of your vision. A very small percentage. Most people don't realize how little of their vision is actually focused. The rest is blurry. Once the ball leaves your opponent's uh, racket, you need to keep that 5 degrees of focused vision on the ball all the way until it gets to your racket. No exceptions. If those five degrees of vision leave the ball and look at your opponent or your target a split second before you make contact, you're decreasing the chances that you're going to make good contact, and you're doing yourself a disservice there. Now, once you've made contact uh, with the ball, you want to shift your eyes from the point of contact, hopefully just a little bit after you make contact, and you want to shift them to your opponent. You want to start looking at what your opponent is doing. This is going to tell you when the ball is coming next, and also it's probably going to give you some really good information as far as what type of shot is coming next from your opponent as well. And these are topics I could, you know, do a whole show about individually. Um, but by watching your opponent, you'll see when their swing begins, you'll see what type of swing they're going to make. And so that's going to tell you when you need to be ready for the next shot and also what type of shot is coming to you next. And that's going to help you prepare yourself and be ready for the next oncoming shot. When the ball gets to your opponent's racket in the middle of their next swing you want to shift your eyes from your opponent and then back to the ball again and you'll repeat that sequence so the sequence is this watch the ball come off your opponent's racket and follow it all the way into your racket once you've made contact shift your focus back to your opponent again see what they do see where they go on the court see what type of swing they make Once they make their swing and they make contact with the ball, shift your focus back to the ball again and then repeat. And so there should be this shifting from the ball to your opponent to the ball to your opponent and back and forth again. It's not that you want to watch the ball the entire time because you'll miss out on a lot of cues from your opponent in between shots. Once you've made uh, contact with your shot, you want to watch your opponent again until it's time for them to make contact, and then you shift your focus back to the ball again. So this sequence of events and, and the way that you control your eyes is very, very important. For many of you, this is going to be a conscious thing. You're going to have to really focus on this, mentally focus on it, in order to make this work. But trust me, it's worth it, and I, I really encourage you guys to practice it. In the long run, your your concentration will become better, and your contact will become better. You'll hit the middle of your racket more and more often. Before I wrap up this topic, I want to tell you guys about today's sponsor of the Essential Tennis Podcast, and that is tennistours.com. And I've got a really, really awesome package to tell you guys about. The U.S. Open is going to be coming up at the end of the tennis season in August. Always an awesome event. And Championship Tennis Tours... At TennisTours.com has put together just an incredible package to be able to go check out the U.S. Open, and as part of their their packages, you can choose between either a four or five star hotel in New in New York City. You can choose the type of seating level that you'd like for your tickets between courtside, lodge, or promenade. You also choose between attending a broad a Broadway performance of your choice a ticket to a Mets or a Yankees baseball game, or a city tour. That's pretty awesome. And you get free limousine shuttle back and forth to the U.S. Open and your hotel. Talk about an awesome experience. I mean, you guys get to go check out New York City, go to a baseball game or Broadway performance, get the limousine shuttle, you get to choose uh, what type of tickets that you'd like, when you go and watch the uh, the U.S. Open, plus, uh, th- I, and this is my personal favorite, they're going to be sending you an invitation to a championship tennis tours and essential tennis podcast cocktail party at the W Hotel in Times Square. And I'm going to try to make arrangements to, to be there personally. Uh, I'd, I'd really love to go up there and see the Open this year and meet some of you guys who support both my show and championship tennis tours. Please do support them. Thank them for being a sponsor of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Go check out their U.S. Open ticket packages and accommodation packages. As you guys can tell, they put together a first class ticket package with uh, so many different options and, and different types of amenities, I, I guarantee you guys will have an amazing time in New York City. So go check them out, tennistours.com, and make sure to fill in the promotional code ESSENTIAL with a capital E when you check out, and you'll get your invitation to the Championship Tennis Tours and Essential Tennis Podcast cocktail party in Times Square during the U.S. Open. Uh, Just two other things that I want to point out before I wrap up this topic. First of all, I think it's good information to point out how you can tell when you do hit off-center, when you don't hit the right place on your racket, when the ball makes contact with your racket. There's three main ways you guys can tell. First of all, the sound. It will sound different. And after a while, once you start paying attention to this, you'll be able to tell without seeing your opponent hits or let's say there's a point going on behind you, you're not even playing, you'll start to be able to pick out clean hits and shots that are off-center. And after a while, that becomes very helpful because when you make a, a swing and it's a bit off-center, it's good to get that audio feedback and be able to tell, all right, I, I need to do a little bit better job watching the ball. I need to make a better contact on my next shot. Secondly, feel. It's going to feel completely different. The racket will twist and turn in your hand uh, or it'll vibrate. It just doesn't feel like a clean, crisp shot. Very often I I see players blame their grip slipping on a bad grip when in fact they've just hit off their frame. And that kind of torques the racket in your hand. It, It kind of destabilizes the racket in your hand and makes it want to twist and turn to the side. When the racket twists in your hand, Please don't tell yourself that you're gripping too lightly or that your your grip is wearing out and it's getting slippery. Maybe it is, but the grip will not slip in your hand unless you hit off center, and that's what's going to twist the racket around in your hand. And thirdly, the results. And this is the one that should seem obvious, but I, I pointed out earlier in my explanation of this topic that very often players don't even think that it could have been possible that they hit their frame. When the ball just doesn't go anywhere close to where you were aiming or where you were trying to hit it, try to uh, think back and see if any of those other two things were there. Uh, Did it feel right? Did it sound right? If it didn't go where it was supposed to either, it's a very high likelihood that you hit off-center. And lastly... When you do hit an off-center shot and you do it on a regular basis on a on a certain shot, let's say a, a backhand ground stroke, you tend to hit off-center really pretty regularly, look and feel for a pattern. Very, very often, in my experience teaching, when players have problems hitting off-center, it becomes a pattern where the ball hits the same place over and over again. So let's say you have a, a two-handed backhand and... Uh, the ball consistently hits the top edge of your racket. And that's going to kind of twist the racket back and open the face up. It's not going to feel right or sound right. And a lot of times when players have problems, they they fall into hitting a pattern of the same place again and again. So pay attention to that. Once you recognize the pattern based on uh, where you see it hit and also how it feels... Um, you can start to make changes. And so if it continues to hit the top edge of your racket on your back end, you know that you need to lift the racket up a little bit higher so that you hit the middle of the racket instead of the top edge of the frame. And so you can start making specific adjustments like that. So pay close attention. Lastly, I just want to say, uh, stick with it, guys. This is, a, this is something that seems like it's very, very simple, but it's not. Uh, when I start with students, very often they have no idea when they hit the frame. And people that I've been working with for a long period of time, that I've given a lot of lessons to, after a while, they start to tell me first. I don't even have to point it out to them anymore. They'll hit a shot off-center, and it's not a good shot as a result, and they'll immediately look at me and tell me All right, I was off-center. Or they can even tell me where it hit. They'll feel it. Uh, they'll see the result. Uh, they'll recognize the direction the racket twisted in their hand, and they'll tell me, oh, that was off center, it hit right here. And then the next time that they get that same shot, they can make an adjustment with where they put the racket uh, by using their hand and, and, and adjusting where the where the racket is in relationship to the oncoming ball, and they can make the correct adjustment and the correct change. And that's the whole point, is to do a better job of making good contact. So that's... Uh, that brings that explanation to an end, and and Sandro, it might not have been exactly what you were looking for. Um, you were asking for for exercises or, or drills. I, I really just wanted to to get through that and and explain to you guys in detail why it's important and how you do it. I want you to go out there and practice doing it. Uh, practice the steps that I explained. And uh, I promise you, you're going to get better at it as you become more aware of it and as you start to really narrow it down and, and focus better and start to make changes where you see patterns of making a mistake and not making very good contact. Um, this, again, this is a topic that seems very simple, but it's incredibly important. And so I encourage you guys to really focus on it and do a better job with it. And this is one of those things that can really improve your tennis. I'd be curious to hear what you guys think about my, my explanation here. And also, uh, be curious, I'd be curious to hear feedback of you guys trying this for the first time. Um, that'd be cool. So send me an email, ian at essentialtennis.com. And hopefully this was helpful to you guys. One more thing i 'd like to talk about before we wrap up today 's episode, and it has to do with the learning process in tennis. I, I know that if you 're listening to my voice right now you 're really passionate about the sport of tennis, uh, especially if you just listen to me, uh, go over that detailed outline about watching the ball. I know that you 're really taking seriously your your tennis improvement, and that 's great you 're exactly the type of person i 've been looking for while doing the podcast. And I talked to somebody just like that yesterday, and his name was Andrew. He he called me, and by the way, for those of you who don't know, Essential Tennis has its its own website phone number. I I use Google Voice with that, and it, ac- it actually comes through right to my cell phone. And I, I can't always answer the phone, obviously. A lot of times I'm on courts teaching. But if you'd like to leave me a message, I can get back to you guys uh, or sometimes I might may even be able to to pick up and talk. but if you guys go to Essential Tennis and click on contact, there's a, a phone number there so anyway, Andrew had called me and, and he wanted my opinion on a couple different things for uh, first of all he he gave me a pretty long list of, of different websites, different products that he had purchased and tried online. And I I think Andrew's pretty typical, as far as listeners of my show, in that he's trying to find as much information as possible. Obviously, Essential Tennis is not the only place online to get tennis instruction. There's lots of different places and a lot of good information out there. And he asked my opinion about a couple of specific websites and teachers and coaches online who put out instructional information. He just kind of wanted to get my take on on a couple of different places and what I thought about their content. And what this really came down to was eventually he was asking me for suggestions of other ways to get instruction that is going to help him improve his game. And basically he said, all right, listen, I, I Please tell me a, a DVD or something I can buy that's going to really take my game to the next level. And uh, I asked him a little bit about his game. He's been playing for three years, and he's just looking for that next way to improve. And in talking to him, I could tell that he's, I mean, he's really pumped up about this and, and really is looking for, for that next change, that thing that's really going to push him over towards that next level of his play. And I gave him a couple pieces of advice, and I want to I want to pass that along to you guys because I think it was a good conversation, and I, I hope that he came away from our conversation with a a little bit more understanding of what it takes to really continue to improve your game. You guys need to be patient and keep working hard. Tennis, it looks easy when you watch it on TV or, or when you watch high level players in person. But it takes a long time to continue developing your game. It's not something where you get that one piece of information or that one product or that one DVD and you watch it and it just makes sense and it's like, oh, this is great. And you go out there and you just play incredible. And, and all of a sudden, wow, now I'm a good player because I got that, that piece of information that I was missing before. And, Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Now granted, don't get me wrong, you guys need as much good information as possible and and that's why I'm here and that's why there's a lot of other instructional websites as well. But just understand that even after you've learned that information, it takes time, it takes practice, it takes repetition. Uh, it takes perseverance and, and character to be able to continue working on those things. Even once you have the information, it takes sometimes long periods of time before that information actually makes its way into your game, and you have to stick with it. Andrew had been playing for uh, three years, and and I, I told him, all right, let me guess, uh, when you first started playing, you're really into it. You improved really, really quickly for probably that first year. And then you probably kind of hit a plateau, and Andrew's like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And don't be surprised by that, guys. You're going to have kind of seasons in your game uh, as you continue down the path towards improvement where all of a sudden some things might click. Uh, And especially at first, when you guys first start really working hard at your game, you're going to improve really quickly because you just started, and, and you're going to see big changes really fast. Eventually, that's going to slow down, and those big changes will come with more and more work. And it, it takes more effort, more concentration, more repetition, and the better you get at tennis, the more work it takes to make that next improvement. So to Andrew and everybody else out there, stick with it. It's worth it. Um, Make make sure that you appreciate the journey, and I, that's such a cliché thing to say, but, but enjoy the process. Uh, enjoy finding that next piece of information and then going through the process of learning it on the court and making it part of your game. Just don't expect it to become automatic right away. It's going to take time. You've got to stick with it. So those of you out there listening to me, don't look for that magic solution. Don't look for the silver bullets, for uh, the you know the magic pill, uh, that, that magical DVD where you're going to watch it and sit there on the couch and go, oh, that's it, uh, and then go out there and 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 move from a three five to a four zero like the next week. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Um, but if we continue to work together, and I can continue giving you guys pieces of information here and there, and you guys can put them into your game one at a time, piece by piece you can continue to improve. Just please have a a kind of a long-term outlook on it and don't get impatient. Uh, And don't go buy everything and (laughs) subscribe to every single website thinking that uh, the more information you throw at your head uh, and the more you try to memorize, the better you'll get because that's not the case. You've got to work on one thing at a time, then move on to the next thing. So Andrew, be patient and everybody else be patient. Hopefully what I've said here has made sense and is a a little bit uh, encouraging and and inspiring to you guys. Keep up the good fight, and I'll always be here to help you guys continue to improve. All right, that does it for episode number 116 of the Essential Tennis Podcast podcast. Thank you very much for joining me for today's show. Thank you for downloading the file and for taking the time to listen. Hopefully, it's been helpful to you. And if it has, do me a favor and spread the word. Please tell your friends, your teammates, your coworkers who play tennis, your family members who play tennis, whoever. Uh, if, if you know other people who are really crazy and passionate about tennis as you are, please do me a favor and tell them about the show. Tell them where to download it, either on EssentialTennis.com or on iTunes. I want to continue to grow this show as much as possible, and I can't do that without the help of you guys. So thank you very much. All right, that does it for this week. Take care, everybody, and good luck with your tennis.